Welcome to another episode of the Dentology podcast where we discuss the business of dentistry. In this podcast series we'll be discussing all the non-clinical aspects of dentistry from goodwill values, finance, marketing, how to buy and sell a dental practice mindset through to where you can invest your money in team management issues. My name is Andy Acton and I'm joined by my co-host Chris Trevens. Let's jump straight into it. So hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Dentology, the Business of Dentistry podcast. And today we're welcoming Adam Brookbanks. How are you, Adam? Very good, thanks, Andy. How are you? Very good, very good indeed. Good. Very good indeed. Looking forward to our conversation. We are indeed. Hello, Adam. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Good in uh, in the sunshine down there. Lucky you. Lovely. Lucky you. Yeah. Down, yeah. down, the down on the south coast. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> very lovely. nice. Just to kick off, could you give us a little bit of background as to who you are and, and kind of how you ended up where you are? Certainly. So I'm the um, director of FTA Financial and Wealth Management. So I work closely with you guys and give financial advice to all of the FTA group clients. Um, the business is run by myself and Susan Delahunty, family business. We've worked with Andy and Chris for how long, guys? 15 years Probably oh, something like that. Even, Feels like a lifetime. Even longer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're based down in Bournemouth, but our clients are all over the country um, in line with FTA group reach. So, uh, yeah, basically cool. just financial advice, pensions, investments, insurance, everything you can think of on the financial side. And what's your backstory? How, how did you end up in this, this world? Was this part of a, a design career path or did you sort of just stumble and find yourself falling into it? Or it was from my mum. This was all orchestrated very carefully. I was an architect. <laughs> and, oh, okay. and then I, um, I did a bit of uh, different work. I, I went into more surveying work, and then I started doing, doing um, some financial work with mum, who, Sue, who runs the business with me. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't really planned. I'm just going to throw I really enjoy the work. I'm a bit of a really good nerd, pun so. here, Adam. So you built things from their foundations as a building. A bit like an IFA with investment planning. So it's not too dissimilar. (laughs) Look at that. Putting it together. Smooth cashmere, what's it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. That's interesting. So just just getting into the business side of things. So um, I'm involved in a number of different Facebook groups, and there seems to be an awful lot of chatter about compound interest and and people talking about the power of compound interest and making sure you start your investments early. And could you just explain to a simple guy like me what that really means? and the importance of perhaps starting investing in your 20s and 30s and what that looks like as you start to move through your life. Of course, and it really means interest on the interest. So if you think you're earning money each year for investing or even in the bank, you know, it works on any investment, anything you get a return on. Um, after year one, you start getting growth on your interest. So all of this, when you do some forecasts showing compound interest, means that eventually, if you stagger your investment of 100,000 or 500,000 out over many, many years from an earlier date, you'll end up getting more money. So it's really important to start everything early. And that's really the premise of financial advice, especially in your 20s and 30s. So so just to, for an equally stupid person like myself, so if you, if you earn £1,000 on interest in year one and there was like 10%, I wish, that means the next year you'd earn 10% on the first thousand so you get a hundred and then you'd earn ten percent on eleven hundred is is that what you mean exactly. so therefore the next year you're earning ten percent so you've got eleven hundred and then it, that's where it just grows that's how you get the bigness 
Exactly. And anyone who invests money will will see this in, in real time. I've got some some figures just 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 uh, sort of clear and concise ones to show you as an example how this works in, yeah, in the real yeah, world. Be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think on average with our um, medical professional clients, um, they may invest before they retire around 300,000 on average, obviously some more than others, and it might be in different areas. You might have mm-hmm. property and other things, but, but in terms of investing with, with us, normally about 300,000 in that, in that full-time scale. So let's say you started at age 30 and you put in uh, uh, 10,000 a year for 30 years, that's 300,000 in total. If it gets 5% growth every single year, you'd end up with 397,000 pounds growth by the time you hit age 60. Growth. So you've got your 300 initial investment plus 397,000 growth. So you've got nearly 700,000 pounds wow. by investing 10,000 a year. And it doesn't sound a lot and it should be Reasonably affordable if you're a if you're See, a successful like that business just blow your mind because this it's is, mad, this, isn't this it? This is the difference between people going compound interest and everybody yeah. nodding and going, oh yeah, compound interest is important. But when you hear an initial investment mm. of three hundred thousand could turn into pretty much seven hundred thousand yeah, yeah. just, just by using okay, there's an ongoing investment, but the power of compound interest. But it's that, not a big investment, is it? On the no. month, you know, it's not like you're saying, well, you got to have to, you know, you can't eat food and you can't yeah. go on holidays because yeah. the answer is that you've got to put in a, a huge amount of money. The answer is you're saying ten thousand well, you, pounds. Well, you're talking about eight hundred pound a month, roughly something exactly. in that order. Eight hundred pound a month gets you seven hundred thousand pounds. And you well, might think, well. You know, obviously the, the growth in there, it's, it's not going to make a lot of difference if I spread it over 10 years, for example. And that is typically if nobody's done, if someone's done no planning, they might speak to us age 50 when the kids have grown up a bit and they say, right, I've, I've got some money now, I'll start now. It's obviously worth starting then if you've not started yet. But if you invest that 300,000 over only 10 years, so from age 50 to 60, you've got the same 5% year growth, which of course is a forecast, but but is roughly what you get. Oh, oh, the old IFL. It's a forecast. It's a forecast. I have to put that caveat in there. You're going to say something about the the performance of uh, the past can't be the future or something. But if you put 300,000 in over 10 years, you're only getting 96,000 growth. And it's still obviously very, very good, 96,000. So you're talking, you know, 32% roughly Mm. over that time. But the difference between 96,000 growth and 397,000 pounds growth for investing the same amount of money is staggering. Wow. So that's the the power of compound interest. And I suppose really then what you're saying, Adam, is is start as soon as you can, even if you're, even if you can't put in your 10, mm. even if you could only put, them out. Yeah, yeah. Even if you could only put in three, you're better off putting in three now rather than waiting till the time you think you've got the money to put in. That makes Exactly. Sense. It's exactly <laughs> what I do. I can use myself as an example because I'm 33 and I've got a house and I'm looking to start a family soon and I don't have money to pile you know, hundreds of thousands into investments, it is gradual and you have to keep sort of everything in the background. That's why I use a figure of 10,000. It is affordable. It's roughly what what I add each year. Um, and in 20 years time, um, that will have grown exponentially, as I've just shown there. Mm, with the I think there's also interest. something so exactly what I do myself. Yeah, I think also you get used to saving. 
in that if you're earning whatever your amount of money is that you earn, if you're used to saving an amount of money, that just comes out of your, your disposable income and it's never available to you. And you just get into the habit of saving, you know, three, four, five, six hundred pounds, a thousand pounds a month. And then as you earn more money, um, you don't necessarily have to save more, but you can. But you've been able to cap your expenses in a, in a bracket which already factors some savings into it and i guess because most people live to their means if you get that saving into your regular costs early yeah. you just never see that money which means you never miss it but i guess for lots of people that's quite hard and it may be that perhaps in the last year because of the pandemic where people have been restricted in being able to spend money on some of the things they're used to, like, you know, eating out or holidays. You know, we talk about lots of accidental savers mm. where people have saved money that they never planned to save just because they weren't spending on the things they would normally do. And perhaps for lots of people, that might be a really good opportunity to, to reset their financial expenses <laughs> and divert some of that into savings, into an investment. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah just thinking savings. 125 billion accidental savers turns into... Yeah in your calculation, even more than a yeah. quarter of a, well, 250 billion, whatever the next one after yeah. a billion is. Yeah. Might make a dent in the national debt. Yeah. yeah. It might do. It Case might use do. compound interest. Yeah. 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 Well, well, you, 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 you hit the nail on the head. And actually, when, you, when you're saving in your, in your 20s and 30s, really, it's not just about saving for retirement. It's likely with myself that my savings will be needed, some of them, in the next few years. As long as you invest in an area which you can access, things like ISAs, um, there's no problem with using your money, your savings during your working life. That's what they're for, for children, for school fees, whatever. So it is not just for retirement, but obviously the, the compounding is, is ever greater the longer the money's left. But there really, really should be a moving a yeah, moving. I think it's a good point to make to because yeah. you say savings and I guess some people kind of always think and, uh, about pensions mm. and they kind of think, oh, but that money's locked away, yeah, I can't get access ever, to yeah. it. But what you're saying is the money's still available to you, but what you're doing is you're building a pot for significant things in your life. That it might be a deposit towards a house or possibly a contribution mm. towards buying a dental practice or like you say for school fees, but at least you're building up that, that pot of money. So for where we are at the moment, um, obviously interest rates are pretty low at the moment. Uh, incredibly low. Um, yeah. So wh where do you go to get a return on your money? Because you were saying, I think in your example, were you saying 5%? And I know it's only an illustration, but wh where do you kind of go to get a, a, a return on your money? See, I'm doing it now as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm falling yeah. into the trap of like the, the shocks and scares. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, well, like you said, the interest rates are so low at the moment, there's chance of them going negative. I, I don't know how likely it is that that will be passed on to savers, the negative interest rate, but it can't be ruled out. So we're getting a huge number of people saying, well, what can I do? Even when interest rates were so at just, just you know, one and a half. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, so, so on a negative interest rate, if I put a thousand pound in my savings account with the bank, a yeah. negative interest rate means that at the end of the year, I might only have £920 of real money there because yeah. would, well, it, like, it, would, it would effectively be like a tax on my savings. They so could end up they, they could end, they could end up making interest rates negative. I think they will only so do should, that. So do I need a shoebox under my bed? Because then at the end of the year, at least I'll still have £1,000. Well, no, I think, you know, you need to be proactive with your money. And if, if interest rates go negative, then... 
um, it will be very marginally. And I don't think it will be passed on to savers. Right. But in any event, we're in the position now where there is no return on cash. It doesn't matter what mm. you do. You can have cash in the deposit account. You can have a fixed interest bond, which is where you lock it away for a couple of years and try and get a higher rate. Nothing will give you any meaningful return. Premium bonds, forget it. Everything is just safe in the bank, but no return. And you need to have a little bit of that. But with your excess money and with savings money, you need to aim for a return and you should invest. Now, when you talk about investing, it's not just picking stocks and shares off the stock market and worrying about whether they'll go up and down. There's a massive spectrum of investing. You can go really, really cautious in lots of different cautious areas, global bonds around the world, a lot of cash, but more active and and uh, more prosperous cash than just you putting money in the bank oh, right. through an investment so you can be really cautious with your investments and it's all about spreading risk and having lots of different things but in As terms in- of returns i'll talk about those in a minute but that's how you should proactively use your money is think to invest and speak to a financial advisor so they can and, tell you and do, do you think people because because one of the things that always struck me was the fact of in low interest rates when you're saving and then even if you link that with relatively modest inflation, the reality of it is you're actually losing value, aren't you? Because you're, you're losing value on your money because the cost of living is going up at you know, 2%. You're getting 1% if you're lucky. Then you're actually losing your, your £100,000 is only worth you know, 999000 something because you've lost 1%. Is that right? That's right. And that's happening now. And it was always a warning previously but it's actually happening now. The money you're getting from your bank savings is, is going to end up for the next foreseeable future being lower than, than, than inflation. It wow. seems likely. Um, so that's the position we're in. But more prevalent with our clients is excess money in their business. Um, you know, you're taking money out of your business to, to pay the bills. You're keeping a little bit of cash, but you might think, oh, I'll leave the money in the business if I don't need it. You can't, mm-hmm. you haven't been able to spend it at the minute. But if you're building up cash in the business, it's the same issue. You're not getting any return and, uh, and you're just actually going to end up getting less when you eventually take the money out or when you sell the business in future. So it's the same for money in your bank account and for money in the business. You should use it proactively and speak to an advisor to work out what to do. So you were saying mm. cash effectively sitting in a bank account is just going nowhere. You know, the, the return you're going to get is, is borderline nothing. So yeah. in terms of investment growth, for the past few years what does that look like because obviously in the last kind of year 15 months we've had covid so i assume that completely ravaged the markets and everything collapsed is that is that what happened or, or is that not the case it's it's not the case and it's shown how the markets have adapted and you've seen this in the in the world how all these companies the big uh, tech companies have prospered in in lockdown and that's driven a lot of growth so what happened is in march last year before the crisis properly took hold, it was when we realised what was coming rather than we were actually living in the lockdown because mm-hmm. we weren't locked down at that point. There was a mass sell-off in the market, um, effectively, oh, okay. and mass panic, which, which drove a, a big drop. It was the largest drop since 2008, which was a very different situation, but it was a similar size drop. 
Um, since then, the markets have gone from strength to strength. For medium risk, sort of mixed investment for the average in 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 that in that risk sector. In the last year, the growth has been twenty four point three four percent. Wow. 24%. That's for medium risk. That's not anything special. That's the sort of average that we would expect and the minimum wow. we would expect for our clients as they, they have some input from ourselves. 24%. See, that's 24%. remarkable, isn't it? I would have thought that um, the average person walking down the street would have assumed, like lots of people, that the markets would have collapsed. Uh, it would be very flat and, you. you know, only tech people uh, have, have had a good time. I'll tell you where it's remarkable. If you factor that into, and I know, obviously, uh, uh, past investments isn't a sign of future <laughs> investments. I just thought I'd make sure that Thank that you was for adding that caveat, for you. <laughs> However, if you go back to your 300,000 at compound 24%, I'm not saying you're going to get 24% over that. that that's, mm. that's huge, isn't it? You know, that's a massive number. It's enormous. In, in that initial, you know, that, that where we started, 300,000, yeah. grows at 5%, you get £397,000 growth. You you have started off with 300,000, and then you've got a 24% growth on your 300,000. You're already well into, you know, it's amazing. But, 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 for, but, but for there to be an overall 24% growth, that suggests that different markets in different countries are all doing well. Because that, that, that sort of return can't just be propped up no, by, by it, one sector in, in one country. Exactly. It's not just tech. Tech drove a lot of the recovery in the summer of last year when mm. the lockdown and the virus was at its worst. I mean, you could argue that it's still bad in a lot of areas of the world now, but it was when yeah. it was at its worst everywhere. Um, tech drove a lot of the growth then, a lot of the immediate recovery. Things like retail and travel, you know, the, a lot of the FTSE were slow to recover and only started when the vaccine started to get rolling out. But as you say, everywhere is recovering now. Everywhere is prospering and it's down to market sentiment. So there is really good feeling in the country at this point in most businesses, in most industries in most parts of this country in a lot of the major countries in the world that's also the same it's not the same across the whole world mm -hmm. but in general there is certainly um, a, a positive outlook to the recovery now and that's showing itself in the market so we've seen them go from strength to strength and certainly there is still value to be had it's important that you look over long-term growth to, to to see that you know this has been a volatile last year and a half, but very prosperous. But over the last 10 years, the same index I talked about before has grown by 88.48% as of today. So that's 8.8% a year. Over the last five years, it's grown by 47%. So that's 9.5% a year. This is medium risk. This is not going all out and saying we're going to go into all these growth areas like we would do maybe for younger clients, but well, certainly not for a lot of retirees. Is, is, is there a Adam, because obviously the numbers you're talking about in terms of returns yeah, and, and, and they're historic returns. So that's not just kind of, you know, selling a sizzle yeah. for the future. It's, years, it's, totally. it's real stuff. Yeah. Is there um, a, a perception out there and a fear that as soon as you start talking about investing money, that you know, you could lose money and you could, you know, get ripped off by some sharp agent or whatever it is. So people are leaving it in cash in a bank account, which is basically because there's a lack of education and understanding of the power of of, of, of investing. Because for me, you know, doing this podcast, it's about the business of dentistry. Mm. And 
the reason that we're doing it is to try to share knowledge and information so that people can make better quality decisions. And is there still resistance for people to move into the investment world just because they don't understand enough about it? I think a lot of the people I speak to are, are very open to advice and ideas, but I suppose that's a uh, pre-qualified view for people who are happy to speak to me. But the but problem is that they've pre-qualified themselves because those yeah, people are exactly. already they're already happy to speak to you. Mm, so they've, they've exactly. got through that hurdle of exactly. oh, I want to speak to advisor. But what about the, the hundreds of thousands or millions of people out there who haven't even considered the thought mm. about speaking to an advisor? Mm. Well, I think I think you you sh at any stage of life you should speak to an advisor. It's like you know you need you need professional help. You take legal advice. You have an accountant. It's the same thing. It should go hand in hand with those mm. with those pieces of advice. Everybody needs it. If you're a if you're even a, a youngster who's who's saving up to buy a house, you need advice. And it's not it's not expensive to speak to an advisor. You can have an initial chat with me for free and get some ideas. And there's other advisors that may do that. Um, but I think what most what the resistance I have mostly with younger people is they want to invest, but they want to wait for the right time. So they're <laughs> saying, well, we've had this growth, but I'll wait. I'll wait until is there's that an obvious time. It's dip? Well, there's never a, there's never a perfect time. I've yeah, never worked yeah. with a single client who's held all their money back and said, right, I'll invest it now. And it's at the absolute perfect time. Yeah. This is why we're talking about compound interest. You don't want to save up 100,000 and slam it in at the same time in the markets if you're young and, and you know that's all your money. If you're doing it gradually, you already take care of pound cost averaging, which means you're putting the money in at different times. So it's different levels right. and you'll spread out the timing of the investment. Um, and it's really just about getting in there and getting started. And obviously then... Having a bit more of a conversation if you've got large sums to invest, people selling their businesses, of course, we have to then orchestrate things a bit more. But you shouldn't be thinking about the timing of the market. Everything looks prosperous from here. We're still not fully recovered. I mean, I'm talking about 25% growth in the last year. But a lot of markets around the world, a lot of industries have not fully recovered. Travel, you know, retailers only just started ticking away. Leisure, hospitality okay. haven't even okay. started. Yeah, very true. So there is lots of growth to be had. And we could have a have a booming couple of years in terms of the markets and the economy, hopefully. Everyone's hopeful of that, I'm sure. Hmm. And, and on that point, going a bit further forward, what, what does the future look like? And I know, you know, it really is crystal ball type stuff, but those numbers you've given for the past are, are incredible. And it warms my heart. That yeah, just remember, though, Andy, they can't be relied no, on no, for exactly, future performance. No, exactly, yeah, another, another health warning. <laughs> but, you know, what, what, what are the prospects for the future in terms of growth? And, and, and I get your point about the pound cost average. If you keep putting it in on a drip basis, mm. you're, you're going to ride the peaks and the troughs out of the market. But, but are, are the prospects looking forward um, rosy? I think I think you just got to you got to walk down the street in the last couple of weeks. And, it, and it's an extension of that in this country, especially the, the, the outlook is very good. We're out of the worst of the, of the virus and, and, the, and the world's reopening. So it goes hand in hand with that. Economically, there's only one way the world can go, which is up, which then lends to a, a positive market outlook. Obviously, it will vary around the world. Um, it will vary in timing. And, you know, it may not be completely smooth sailing from here on in. Mm. But certainly for the next couple of years, there's only positive outlook in the market. It's really important you have advice and you spread in any investments across lots of different areas. Because if you put all your eggs in one basket and just buy shares in NASDAQ, 
you know, in the in the American stock markets mm. that are just mainly tech based. And suddenly the tech industry has a big hit, which is what's happening recently because people are actually leaving their houses, for example. Um, then then there's maybe an issue. But I think overall, there's definitely positive. And one thing which I've talked to a lot of clients about recently is the importance of looking at different ways to grow your money, not just going in the traditional markets. And part of that will be the recovery in this country linked with the fact we've left the EU. You've yeah. got a lot of smaller companies that are doing really well at the moment because of the beginning of the transition to relying on domestic businesses to provide services. So small UK companies are having potential growth much higher than they may have done a few years ago because mm. they have a potential you know angle into some large contracts with the fact that we're leaving the eu it's one of the you know i don't want to get political in this call but it's one of the obvious positives of leaving um the eu is the potential for these small uk companies to actually uh, get and, a bit more of a market share and looking at the investment landscape, you're sort of saying, you know, next few years are good. Where do you sort of, or what's the market saying about um, base rates, interest rates? You know, are they going to go up? Are they going to stay low? You know, they're sort of thinking, right, well, the next 10 years, because we've got to rebuild an economy and stuff like that, interest rates are going to be low. So, so there's no point sort of hanging around hoping that your savings are going to suddenly start earning more interest because the next 10 years, the answer is, is, is the outlook saying that interest rates really aren't going to go up. So don't keep waiting for suddenly interest rates to go to 10% or 5%. You'd be better off looking now and saying interest rates are going to be low. So how do you need to change your investment strategy? Yeah, there's no there's no indication they're going to go up anytime soon, but it, it, you, you can't guarantee... Uh, you know, what's going to happen in three, four, five years time. It's likely for the next couple of years, they'll stay low at least. Um, and then ongoing, there's not going to be a big change. No. It's been a long time since we've had enormous interest rates in this country. I, I was only a toddler, I think, when they were up at, you know, 10%, 12%. But in my, in my adult life, they've been gradually, you know, getting lower effectively so it will be gradual um you know if you're a young saver you can't wait for base rates to change mm -hmm. and get a return on cash certainly and obviously then you can just address that if they do change in 10 years time with mm -hmm. with your savings then um certainly i think uh, i think i think investing the money is the way to go but it's scary for someone who hasn't invested it seems scary well i don't want to buy stocks and shares it's like you said earlier chris it's just educating yourself about mm. how to invest money and it and, and it works very well for all mm. our all our clients and, and even and even you know any anyone else who invests themselves you may not need an advisor if you put in 100 pounds a month away but you know if you're doing significant planning yeah, yeah, you just yeah, need yeah. an advisor and start getting your head around the and, options and, yeah. and i hope this this podcast helps people kind of you know, think about um you know the concept of, of investing and and you know starting on that journey just because going back to that point that we started with which is the power of compound interest mm. But where can people kind of find out more information about investing? Because this is this this podcast is aimed at the dental community who are intelligent people, um, quite technical, quite like data and information. So where could you go and just learn and, and get some information to help you make the right sort of decisions? Yeah, so there's there's lots of information online, of course, but obviously a little bit of information is 
beneficial and too much online can be a little bit <laughs> mm. too much. You've got a lot of blogs at the moment, which, which discuss investments for dentists, for medical professionals. Again, a little bit of information is handy, but too much and you get blinkered. Um, with one idea. Mm. So I would always suggest having a look online. There's lots of um, government um, websites with investment information, which is a very good website, which everybody knows about for reviewing and providing information on lots of different uh, types of things, but especially investments. My Money is is a good website as well. Um, so um, having a look online for, for different, different information is worthwhile. But as soon as you're ready to take the plunge and do something, you should speak to an advisor. As I say, mm. I'm happy to speak to anyone. No, no fee, no obligation. You can give me a call. Have a look on our website. I'm sure the information will be included with this podcast, guys, and, and we can have a chat and talk through some ideas. I know there's lots of other things you do as well. I, I, you know, I know it's a wealth company, so it does the investments and, you know, which comes under planning, uh, pensions and stuff like that. Have you noticed during the last 18 months, since, you know, really the, the 26th, 27th of March, on the other services, you know, like the insurances and things like that, did you notice sort of an in, increase in people wanting mm. certain types of policy or anything like that? Yeah, well, I, I, I think... Everyone's more it's become a bit more real with with what's happened. So we've been very busy on insurance. So if you've got insurances that you know are more than five years old, you should be reviewing them anyway. But maybe now's a good time with what's happened. You know, a lot of people have changed their financial situation. They might be looking to buy a practice. They've saved up a bit more in this lockdown, and that would go hand in hand with the review. So we've seen a lot of that. A lot more people looking to buy insurance policies, income protection, bit of an increase in, in people taking up high levels of income protection to protect the family. A lot more people wanting advice on their wills and powers of attorney and pensions. Mm. I think pensions have, have been for many years the, the, the you know the, the most um, inquired about investment advice that we do and certainly in the last year um, and that will continue because they're by far the most beneficial tool i don't want to get into all the ins and outs of them today but right. pension planning is should be the first and foremost it's funny but, isn't it how a big external factor can really sway mm. what people are interested in and the areas of their life that they look at and mm. they reflect on things a, a whole lot more I think people just have had more time. They've had more time recently. They, they've yeah. been in, in the house a lot more, a lot more time to look into their situation um, and maybe more open to, um, you know, having advice and information than, than before. Hmm. Um, I, you know, it's been the same with everyone. You know, you've you just got a bit more time to take stock and, and have a chat and get your head around maybe some some new ideas for your life. So, I suppose especially if you're, if you're a dentist who's, who's never been out of work because you've yeah. always had a job and there's never an issue, then suddenly to have three months where uh, as a, probably as a minimum your practice was shut, you might have had some income from the, the NHS if you were mm. NHS or, or a plan, but if you were private fee, you, you probably weren't getting any. And I suppose then link that with the number of people getting ill and unfortunately dying from COVID, it probably then just focuses your mind that says, oh, yeah. actually, <laughs> if I, you know, you can't do much about COVID because it sort of came, but you could do something about whether you broke your arm or, mm. or unfortunately, if you got cancer, you can at least protect yourself to some extent against that yeah. from your revenue point of view. So yeah. I wonder if it brought things into focus where people thought mm. flip, 
if I couldn't work for six months, mm. <laughs> what would that actually make my my life look like? I, I suppose, as you say, an external factor. If you're never in that situation, you never, and we've never been here before, so mm. you never even have to factor that in. You don't think no, about you don't that, think about it. because you'd have you, everything would have always been great yeah. Yeah. because people don't think about breaking her arm or no. not having any money because they've always had money. But I wonder whether not having money yeah. has sort of almost pushed people to think, oh, maybe I should do some form of protection. Uh, definitely. I think you don't think about the worst case scenario or or when you're in your 30s, like I am, too much about the future unless you, you know, are, are kind of forced into it and uh, and speak to somebody who can go through it. But I, I think you're right. I think it just has made everybody sort of scared people into looking at their lives mm. and, and protection in the future. But it's very important to do so. So it's been a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's, well, that's I, think, I think we know people, benefits, well, yeah. people only buy things for two reasons. It's either greed or fear. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's true. Isn't yeah, it? That's yeah, the right. same reason people buy things. Right. It's greed or fear. And yeah. I think this is this is very much on the fear line. And people have obviously been scared in a number of different ways. And, and, and some of that is how do I give myself financial security? And I think the things you've talked mm. about today, there are a number of things that people can do. And okay, it's a longer term approach, but there are things you can do mm. to build that financial security. It's been really, really interesting, Adam. So we always finish up with guests by asking three questions. Um, okay. So the questions that we ask, what the first one is, if you could meet anybody, there's no limit to who you'd meet, who would you meet if you were given the opportunity to meet somebody? No limit. Well, I think I think I'd have loved to have met David Bowie. Oh, yeah. Uh, David Bowie. <laughs> Bowie. But he's, um, he's long gone, unfortunately. So I think living, I think I'd like to meet Banksy to find oh, out. Oh, okay. Interesting. And yeah. is, that, is, that, is that just to find out, to tick, put a tick who in the box of the curiosity? <laughs> who find out there. who he is. I've heard, I've heard he's, he, he was in the band Master attack rumored to be in the band massive attack um, i thought somebody said he was neil buchanan from some of his artwork in my wife's uh, near my wife's <laughs> no no seriously that i saw something that people said he was neil buchanan from art attack from morph or whatever it was <laughs> show my age there and then, and, then, and then my second question is if you could be a, if you could be a fly on the wall in a certain situation so you can just sit up there on the wall and just watch in on, on something where, where would you love to be what, what scene would you like to, to watch now this in one's on? easy after what happened last week I want to be in the group zoom call the day <laughs> after the super European Super League was announced when you've got Levy, <laughs> the crazes, and they're all there going, Edward, you said this would be a good idea. You assured me. <laughs> was that the European um, Super League that was born on the 18th that. of April and died on the 20th of April? Was that that um, same? Well, I'm convinced that they just sat there and, and clicked their finger and sort of rubbed their hands and said, it's all part of the greater plan. Mm. This was always going to happen. We're not stupid. And now we'll release our actual plan next year and it won't seem as bad. You never know. I bet you everyone had been on mute, though. Yeah. No one would have wanted to say it. I mean, on that point, for me, that was a a massive um, goal. And what they did is they considered the shareholders, but they didn't consider the stakeholders. Yeah. And I think as a lesson, whilst you might have shareholders in a business, you've also got stakeholders. And if you don't take into account the needs and the views of your stakeholders, Mm. you've got got a big big problem coming. Mm. And that's exactly what, what happened there. I think it was their last roll of the dice. They don't really care about anything but money in general. Yeah. 
a couple of them. I feel I feel like, you know, maybe Spurs and City were dragged into it a bit. Um what you mean Spurs with their billion out, pound but, stadium but they all signed and up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they probably want to pay their loan off. <laughs> and, 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 and my last question, my last question is if you've got two people and you could swap two people in their jobs, who would you swap? So for example, you could swap um the Queen um with Lady Gaga. So Lady Gaga is now the Queen of England and, and the Queen of England is now a is now a singer. Who 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 would you switch around? What fun would you have? I think I'd swap Nicola Sturgeon with Billy Connolly. <laughs> I feel that they need a light-hearted approach up there, north of the border now. Well, no, both in showbiz, because isn't one the cranky? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the big yin, the big yin. Billy, Billy Connolly would be great, and who wouldn't pay to go and watch Sturgeon do stand-up? Yeah, no, yeah, that's I, I, think, I think you might be onto something. I think you might be onto something. It's been an absolute pleasure, Adam. It's been Thanks, really, guys. really good fun. Really enjoyed it. It's, yeah, it's not an easy subject because it is regulated um, yeah. and it is one of those things I think people do need to learn more about. Mm. If people want to get in touch with you, what's the, what's the best and quickest way they can get in touch with you? Okay, the best is to go to our website and uh, contact us through there. So www.fta-fwm.com or you can give us a call on 0330-053-5745. And uh, yeah, if you just want to chat, give me a bell and we can go through your situation and have a and, chat. And sh- should we end this podcast with the, uh, any of the opinions uh, are not seen as advice and can't really be guarantees of future performance just in case, just well, to make sure it, we're nicely compliant for you. For me. I, can talk <laughs> about, I can talk about past performance. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> no, it's been great, Adam. Really Brilliant, appreciate Adam. Your Thanks time. very much. Yeah, look after yeah, yourself. We'll speak to you soon. Speak Cheers. You soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dentology, where we discuss the business of dentistry. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe where you found this episode that would be amazing and also follow us on instagram